on, church. Let's cheer them on. I'm getting some high five summer just running right by me. We like to cheer our kids on. If you're visiting, yeah, I got a Susan high five up here. So we like to, uh, we like to, got a Carl high five. Um, so we are thankful for our Gospel Quest ministry, thankful for the privilege uh, that we have to serve them and, and allow them to grow into what God has created them um, to be. And so we always like uh, to cheer them on as, as they head upstairs um, for their weekly class. Uh, Isaac and Taylor are up there this morning. Annie is uh, with her group, and I think Bethany and Holly with the nursery this morning, yeah. And um, so we're thankful for all who play a part in that ministry. And of course, Haley, who does um, our, our just tremendous videos that she and Brent do uh, for us at, at a fraction of what she should be paid um, for doing that. What a privilege uh, we have in that. Uh, we want to remember, uh, just real quick, Gene Conley uh, this morning. Eddie uh, shared with me as he came in um, this morning, uh, taken to the hospital last night, thought she might uh, be having a stroke. And for those of you who don't know, that's Misty's grandmother, um, and they're here this morning. So we want to lift them up um, in prayer for just a moment. Chris, would you, would you care praying for them? Father, we just thank you we can come to you this morning in prayer that we know that you are on the throne. Lord, we know that you hear our prayers. Father, you know the need and the situation and the family here. God, we pray that you would touch them. We pray for a healing work to be done in this body, Lord. We pray for restoration, Father. We pray that you're, you would work all things out here for your good, Jesus, in this situation so that we can point back to this and give you the glory for it. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So last week we, we started a, a little mini sermon series with you called The Heart of Thanksgiving. And we're going to finish that up this morning, just a two-weeker, uh, which I know is rare for me. Normally I go 10, 12 weeks with stuff, but um, it's because I just have so much to say, right? Um, but we want to really stay focused on that. I mean, these last few days we have spent time with family. We've spent time with friends. We, we have spent time hunting. We have spent time doing the things that allow us uh, to take a break and reflect, right? And I would imagine we have all done that differently, uh, just based upon what we see on Facebook and, uh, and different things. And not that any one way is better than another way. We all have different ways that, uh, that we celebrate and reflect on what we're given. Um, but the important thing for us and kind of what we hope we, we delivered to you last week is this idea of Thanksgiving being something deeper and more meaningful when it comes to our Christian life, right? Because it is easy for us as men and women to be thankful for our families. I don't think there's any one of us in here who aren't thankful uh, for our family. We're, not, we're all thankful for our friends, right? We're all thankful for our jobs, even though we don't want to get up and go tomorrow, right? Right? Now, some of the kids might be, I ain't thankful for school. There ain't no way I'm thankful for school. But, but in all of our different ways, we are thankful for the things in our life and around 
our life. But God ultimately is, is calling to us through Jesus and saying to us, I want you to be more focused on me than that. Right? It's good that we're thankful for the things that we have. And it's good that we acknowledge and recognize our blessings. And we should. Right? But God ultimately is wanting to take us into deeper relationship and into deeper understanding of Him. And the only way He does that is when we remove the things of this life from our focus. Right? Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount says one of the most powerful things that I think we need to understand to live the Christian life. And he talks about our eye being single. Right? What does that mean? Our eye being single. Does it mean we only have one eye? No. What does it mean? It means we are focused on one thing. We are focused on one thing. Him. Him. Right? Now, that doesn't mean you quit your job tomorrow. Right? But as you go to work tomorrow, you go to work focused on Him. As you do your job tomorrow, you do it focused on Him. When you deposit your paycheck, you do it focused on Him. Right? When you interact with your family, and, and when you see the, the blessing of your family and you edify your family as you're supposed to be doing, that's another message, right? But as you edify your family appropriate to the call on your life as a parent, then you do that for what? For you? For your heritage? Amen? Now, wait a minute, preacher. I know the Bible says that. But listen, friend, you don't have a heritage if it is not founded and established on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Because it will burn. Right? It will go away. So there is no heritage without Christ. There is no heritage without Him. There is no abundance without Him. There is no profit. There is no blessing. There is no nothing without Him. Right? So when the, when the Bible says that our eye be single, it is that our eye be single on Him. And if we're not careful, and I said this last week, and a lot of you, uh, I, saw, I, I saw a couple of you posted online, and, and a couple of you texted me, and we talked about it and everything else. But a lot of, I, I said this last week, and I want us to really get this, that if we're not careful, we'll let our blessings become idols in our life. We'll let the things that God gave us here consume us more than him. And our eye certainly isn't single then, right? We are focused on worldly gain. We are focused on profiting in this life. We are focused on how we are seen. And we're focused on our image. And we're focused on things and stuff and people. And we're focused on all of this rather than truly being focused on God alone. Amen. And as we as we ended up last week's ser sermon, we were we were talking to you about uh, the ten lepers that were healed. They came and they cried out to God to heal them. And and leprosy, and I've shared this with you before, so I'm not going to go into detail. But leprosy is a, is a crazy disease where literally the flesh is falling off of you, and and they would. 
pronounced that you're unclean and you would have to live outside of the city in these little leper camps, excommunicated, abandoned, left out. You couldn't go home to see your family. You couldn't go home to kiss your wife. You couldn't go back to work. You, you had left it all, right? And as they were going to show themselves to the priest as Christ commanded, what, did, what happened? They realized they were healed. They realized that just the spoken word of Jesus had healed them, right? And, and which was important for them to show themselves to the priest because the priest would look upon them and be like, you're clean now, you can go home. You're clean now, you can go back to work. You're clean now, you can have those things. You're clean now, you can go back to what you were and what you had. Amen? And nine of the ten... Nine of the ten were happy about that. Nine of the ten were excited about that. Nine of the ten were ready to go home. We're ready to go to work. We're ready to see their kids. We're ready to do all the things. Right? One. One said, whoa. Stop everything. Stop everything. And he turned and he came back to Jesus and he cried with a loud voice. And he offered praise. And he offered, he returned glory with glory. Amen? You want to know why we stumble in this life? You want to know why our blessings become idols? You want to know why we lose our focus? You want to know why we fall short of the glory of God again and again and again? Because we are focused on ourselves and not the power of God in our life. Amen? Could you imagine everyone blessed with a, with a talent to sing, sang for the glory of God instead of the glory of man? Could you imagine, we, Luke talked about our, our band and how it's grown and how great it's become and, and everything else. Could you imagine if every musician on the face of the earth played their instruments like they did in the Psalms for the glory of God rather than the glory of man? Amen? And sometimes, sometimes we struggle in our anointing and we struggle in our calling and everything else because we are focused on things here and not things above. Amen? And so we struggle, and we find ourselves falling short. And because we find ourselves falling short and not making the sacrifices to be single in the eye of God, our anointing withers. Our anointing withers, and the power of God in and over our life begins to fade. Amen? Why? Because God will stand back and say, you want the world? You want self? You want to indulge yourself? You want what the world offers? I'll let you. I'll let you. Amen? He didn't flick Eve away from the tree, right? He didn't flick her away. No, 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 Eve, get away, get away. No, he didn't do that. What did he say? Amen? He just said, stay away. It was up to Eve to stay away. It was up to Adam to keep Eve from staying away. But both were not single on Christ. Both were not, both were not truly driven 
to the source of their liberty and to the source of their freedom and to the source of their hallelujah and their thanksgiving. And so when Satan began to talk, they listened. Amen? How many of us, when Satan starts to talk, do we listen? Amen? And when we understand, for them, it was an apple. Amen? For us, it's the things of this life. And he dangles it in front of us every day. And he says, eat of this and you'll be like God. Eat of this and you'll be equal to God. Eat of this and you'll be powerful. Eat of this, you'll be anointed. Eat of this and you'll be holy. Eat of this and you'll be like God. He is dangling stuff in front of us every day that is constantly leading us away from the power and the glory of God. Amen? And we allow our blessings to become idols. Amen? And I, I, I struggle too. I fight too. Amen? Sam, we'll be doing stuff. We'll be doing everything else. And all of a sudden, I'll tell Sam, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to stop. Amen? We're losing our focus. Mm -mm. We got to get back to God. Amen? We got to, we, we got, not that we're, we're not doing anything bad. We're not doing anything sinful. If we died, we'd still go to heaven, right? Because of the blood and the grace of, of God. But, but, the, but the reality is I'm not single anymore because I'm focused with all of this stuff. I'm not allowing God to guide my steps. Instead, I'm choosing my steps and asking God to bless it. That's not how this works. Amen? That's like, that's like taking the apple off the tree, taking a bite of it and realizing you messed up. And going, oh, can you fix this? Can you... Can you bless this bite of apple because yeah, and everything else? And God says, no. God says, no, I told you to stay away. God says, no, I, I told you that would mess you up. God says, no, because I said that, would, that you would lose your influence and your anointing and your power if you ate of that tree. Amen. One leper, one leper saw that he was healed, turned back to God, and worshipped. Worshipped. Chose him over everything else. Imagine having not seen your family for weeks, months, years even. Imagine not, not hugging your kids and seeing them grown up from afar because you're not allowed in the city. Every once in a while, you'd see him pass the gate and you'd wave. Imagine the brokenness in your heart for something like that. Amen? I, I'd, I'd want to run and, and tackle hug him, right? I'd want to run and tackle hug him if I was given the chance to go back. But this one said, I'm putting nothing before him. My eye is single. On my healer. My eye is single on the one who has anointed me. I am I is single on the one who has chosen me for this moment. And I cry out to him. Amen. And what did Jesus say to him? What did Jesus? Jesus said, Where's the nine? Where's the nine? And the dude's like, right? Guess they went to the priest. Right? You see, Jesus is our chief priest. He is the Holy One who fixes and establishes our life 
with righteousness. Everything else, everything else is our doing. Everything else is us bumbling and stumbling around the garden picking apples where we're not supposed to pick apples. Amen? And then begging him to get us out of it. Right? Because we put our blessings or our hope of blessings and sometimes it's just our wants. Right? Ahead of his glory. Right? This one chose his glory. And what did Christ say? Christ said, not only are you healed, but you're whole. You're whole. And you see, often our struggle is because we, we get some feel-goods, right? We check the box and come to church. We dot the I's. We cross the T's. And, and we do all of this. But we never bring ourselves to wholeness in the presence of God. Amen. Where he takes all that was broken and he takes all that was bound. Amen. And he establishes it in his firmament. Rather than the firmament of this life, he establishes us in him. So that we might bring ourselves together in his holiness and in his anointing for our lives. Amen? And most of the time we struggle because we don't put ourselves there. We put ourselves everywhere else except there. And we struggle. Amen? Because understand this. God is not going to bless fleshliness. God is not going to bless those of us whose eye aren't single on him. Now, can he bless us, amen, in, 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 our, in our workings and our toilings when we align ourselves to him? Can he bless us in this life? Absolutely. Amen? But he can also withdraw his blessing if we make that blessing an idol. To where pursuit of it is greater than pursuit of God. Amen? Doesn't mean, that, doesn't mean that he took the healing away. He didn't tell the other nine, oh, okay, you got leprosy again. Right? He didn't do that. He didn't say that. But what he said was, I'm making you whole. They're healed. You're whole. My power is on you. My power is in you. I am working in your life. I'm going to do great things in you that go beyond this earth, that go beyond this understanding, that go beyond what we see every day. I'm going to take you to a whole new place because you chose me. Amen? I want to look. I want to look in Mark Chapter 5. That was from Luke, by the way, where we ended up last week. I want to look in, in Mark chapter 5 this morning. Verses 18 through 20. Now this is, this is where Legion appears to them. And, and freaks them out, right? Don't, don't anybody in this room tell me you wouldn't be freaked out if Legion came running out of the tombs at you, Right? Dragging the chains behind him, haven't, haven't bathed for a lifetime and everything else. Full of demons, chattering all kinds of stuff at you and everything else. And then the demons begin to speak, what would you have to do with me, Jesus, right? There ain't none of you that wouldn't have run back in the boat, right? And I'd be right there with you. 
right? But this, this is what happened when they pulled up on shore. This is, this is what happened, right? And Jesus wasn't freaked out. Jesus wasn't scared. Jesus didn't run. Jesus just nice and calmly said, go. And he cast, he cast the demons out. And we all know, we all know, we've read this part of the story a lot. This isn't what I'm going to focus on this morning. Jesus said, go. They jumped into a bunch of pigs. And the pigs went and drowned themselves because they couldn't handle what Legion had carried for years. Right? And what we need to understand is man was okay with legion being legion as long as he stayed in the tombs and as long as he stayed out of the city and as long as he didn't interrupt their lifestyle. Right? But when Jesus showed up, Jesus immediately began to do the thing of delivering him from the demons and delivering from the things that had a hold of his life. And by doing so, the demons interrupted their lifestyle. And they didn't like it. If we're not careful, we'll let the demons interrupt our lifestyle, our Christianity lifestyle, every single day. And as long as we get what we want out of it, we're okay with that. We're okay with that. But the minute we don't get what we want out of it, the minute the world and the flesh starts being world and flesh, instead of spirit... Well, then we, we, we get freaked out. We become uncomfortable. We become angry. We become mad. And we come marching to Jesus. And we say, why did you do this? Right? I liked my pigs. I liked bacon on Saturday morning. Who don't, right? Get testimony on that? Right? But the reality is, listen... Listen, I'm not trying to punch this morning because i got to deal with this stuff myself. Amen? But the reality is we like our pigs. We, we like our pigs. We like the things that we set up and establish in this life. But understand, too, it wasn't a mistake that years before, amen, now we're not holding to this, but I'm just teaching for a minute, that years before, decades and hundreds of years before, God said not to touch that unclean thing. Talking about the pigs and hooved animals. Amen? And now what has man done? Man has possessed himself with these things. And they keep him as prizes in their life. So much so that they are angry and upset when they're taken away. Amen? We ever, we ever get on the pout train? Amen? When, when, our, when, when our plan don't work? When our wants don't happen, when the things we're pursuing lead us to calamity or trouble or, or tension, hmm? we do, don't we? Amen? Why? Why do we pout? Amen? We should bring ourselves to a place and a point that when God removes, when God removes the things from our life, like he did legions that are holding us, binding us, in, in, in sin, we should come to a place of thanks and we should come to a place of praise. We should come to the heart of thanksgiving. We should recognize, oh, wow, that might sting a little bit, but God, I needed that. 
man, that, man that, that was way too much for me to handle. And God, you just, you just spoke it out of my life. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. That's exactly what Legion did. It's exactly what Legion did. Let's take a look at verse 18. It says, and he, and when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him. This is Legion asking Jesus that he might be with him. Legion is saying, you did more for me than anybody in the city ever did. You did more for me than the demons. You did more for me than the evil that had grabbed hold of my life. And I allowed to take me further and further and further. You have done more for me in a moment than they have ever done. And so I choose you. Just like the one leper, I choose you, Jesus. And he was made whole. Legion is saying, you have made me whole. And I now choose you. You see, his heart was full of thanksgiving. His heart had recognized and realized that God had taken him someplace that he never dreamed possible. Amen? And that, that's what happens when we are walking in, in the fullness of God. When we are walking in, in fullness and when we are walking in spiritual abundance, when we are walking in the full power and might of his glory, amen, it's no mistake that, that, that scriptures say that these things don't happen you know, by flesh and blood, these things don't happen by strength and these things don't happen by might. These things happen by what? The Spirit. The Spirit of God. These things happen. And Legion says, I want to be with you. Amen? Reminiscent of, of Thomas when Jesus says, I'm going to Bethany. And everyone's like, if you go to Bethany, you're going to die. Right? And Thomas says, let us go with him and die. Right? Thomas doesn't say, let us go with him and live. Thomas says, let us go with him and die. Why? Because it was more important to Thomas to be with Jesus than to live. That's an eye that's single. Right? That's an eye that's single. It's better for me to go to Bethany with him and die than to stay here without him. So let's go to Bethany and die. Right? Is what Thomas said. Now we all, of course, know that didn't happen. Instead, they, they brought Lazarus from death out of a tomb in, in that situation. But here's a situation where Legion's in the same place, and he's saying, let me be with you, my restorer, my healer, my redemption. Let me be with you. Let me give you thanks and praise for my life. In verse 19, howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. Amen? So up until now, we, we've shared with you this idea of the heart of thanksgiving. We've shared with you and we've talked to you about this idea of coming to God. Being single with God and focused on God, that we are going to lay down our praise and we are going to lay down our worship at his feet, just like the, the one leper did. To fall on our face and realize that without him, we're nothing. Amen? Because the biggest danger is when we start to think we're something when we're nothing. Amen? 
That's the biggest danger of this life. Amen? Whatever that might look like and whatever that might be. Amen? The leper said, I choose you. Legion said, I choose you. And God is asking us to choose him. To choose him over everything else. Amen? And so now we're in this place where Jesus is saying to Legion and saying to us, go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and had compassion on him. I believe, I believe when you're saved, you change. It happened for me at a bedside. It didn't happen for me in the middle of a church. It didn't happen for me in some dramatic revival service. It didn't happen for me where I pulled over on the side of the road. It happened for me when a friend told me the truth and it broke my heart and I almost crawled to my bedroom and fell at my bedside and confessed my sins. You want to know why we're not saved today? We don't confess our sins. You want to know why there's not radical change, radical spiritual change in our life? You want to know why there's not? Because we don't confess our sins. We justify them. Right? We justify them. We, we, we put little things in place, we make excuses or, 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 or we make ourselves out to be the victim, right? It's God's fault I'm this way. It's God's fault I struggle with this. It's God's fault I'm here, right? Never our fault, is it? Hmm? Oh, yeah, yeah, I hear you, Grant. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's our fault. It's our fault. Amen. And the reality to us is this. God is saying, turn to me. What did, what did the leper have to do? The leper had to realize the power of God that had fallen upon him and turn back to Jesus. Amen. What is conviction over our life? It's not a, it's not a whip. It's, it's not a kick. It's not a slap in the face. It is the love and it is the compassion and it is the power of God over us saying, turn back to me and I'll make you whole. Amen? And so Legion, in this moment, God says, no, you're not going with me because I've got a bigger Thanksgiving for you. I want you to go and tell everyone what I've done for you. You see, the reality is we're all legions. We're all carrying chains and we're all, we're all burdened and we're all broken and we're all dealing with this and that and this and that and this and that. And some of us, man, we got a lot of this and that, right? And, and we're carrying all of it and we're clinging to it, amen? Because some of us even like the sympathy we get for it. So we don't want to give that up. The reality is, you let God take that from you. You let the power of his healing and his work on the cross move in your life instead of claiming your pain. And then guess what you get to do? You get to go tell everybody what God did for you. 
You get to go tell everybody how God moved in your life. You get to go tell everybody about the power and the anointing of God that is over you. Amen? But you winding around and crapping around, friend, isn't going to make it happen. Amen? Because nobody wants that. Even the chief sinner doesn't want someone that's going to drag them into a pit. Amen? Because they got their own pit. Right? So what he's saying to us is, turn from that and come to me and fall on your knees. Realize who I am and what I am and what I will do to your life. And then you can tell everybody about it. Amen? Now here's what happens. We start telling everybody about it. And, and we get kind of, we, we, we kind of get a lot of pats on the back. And, and we, get a, we get a whole lot of fanfare. And then before you know it, we're right back where we started. Amen? Because all the adulation and all of the praise becomes self-worthy rather than God-worthy. Amen? And then we're just in as big a mess as we were in the beginning. Amen? What did Jesus say? He said, don't go say what you did. Don't go, don't go tell your friends and family what you did. You tell them what I did. You tell them what I did. You tell them how I changed you. You tell them how the chains fell off of you. You tell them how you walked out of the tombs and chose not to go back. You want to know how I know you're saved? I know you're saved when you choose not to waller back to the tree and pick the apple and bite it again. That's when I know the power of God is alive in your life. That's when I know he's made a change. That's when I know you have chosen him. Amen. Amen? Because as long as you keep biting the apple, you are who you are. But it's when you leave the apple on the tree and you refuse to pick it and you refuse to let it have a hold on your life for whatever reason. There's, no, there's nothing we can say to justify the apple. There's nothing we can say to justify the things of this life. Amen? All we're doing is, is, is pushing the blessing off. All we're doing is keeping God from pouring into our life what he wants to pour into our life. Amen? We think, we think we're doing good. We think we're doing the right thing. But all we're doing is saying, no, 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 God. You know, you're just going to have to love me and forgive me for this. Because it's what I want. It's what I'm looking for. That's not a single eye, friend. That's not a single eye. Amen? And all we do is we just continue the cycle of sin and the cycle of pain and the cycle of trouble and the cycle of, of everything that it brings to us. Amen? I had someone say to me the other day, Pastor, I don't know how I, I, I keep ending up in these messes. I said, you want me to tell you? You, you want me to tell you? Because I can tell you. I mean, I can detail it if you want me to. Amen? Because it's pretty openly clear to everybody but you how you end up in these messes. Do you want to have this conversation? I said, I should have known better to say anything to you. I was like, yeah, because you know what? I love you enough. I love you enough to be real. I love you enough to be real because somebody was real with me one day. Man, I had a friend one day who sat on the porch and said, Jay, <laughs> I ain't preaching to you. 
Because we've grown up in church and we've, we've heard the same preaching and we've heard the same Sunday schools and we've heard all this and that and the other. You know, you know where you are. You know the choices you're making and you need to do something about it. This is how good God is. And some of you have heard my testimony on this, but, but just real quick, this is how good God is. I was at a place in my life where the wrong person says that to me, I'd have punched them in the face, kicked them in the ribs, and stomped them until they didn't breathe. That's where I was. Amen. Might not have been legion. I might not have been running around the graveyards. Amen. But there was a whole lot of darkness built up in this guy. Amen. But God sent the only person that he knew I loved enough. That he knew I loved enough and who had such a strong place in my life. That I would just shut my mouth and tell him to go home. I did. I said, Ray, you're going to have to get up out of here and leave because I'm not in a good place with you right now. He just shook his head and being humble, Ray, went, got in his car and went home. And I think that broke me more than anything else in the world. And I went and I fell at my bedside. And I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't pretend to be one person here and somebody else over here. I am running from what you have shown me because I didn't want to do this. Amen? I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to be this guy. You want me, you want me sing? I'll sing. You want, me, you want me to do this? You want me to do that? Heck yeah, man. I can hide behind the microphone and I can hide behind all of these things, but I can't hide behind the word of God because the word of God will cut me and divide me. And I don't know that I'm ready for that. If it's what you want, I'm tired of the chains. I'm tired of the pain, and I'm tired of the struggle. If this is what you want, then I'll do it. I'll do it. Let somebody ask me to preach, and I'll preach. But I am not going to be this guy anymore. Three days later, three days later, silent prayer, in my bedroom, door shut, nobody around. Three days later, my pastor says, I want you to preach next Sunday night. Seriously? Right? It's kind of where I was. I was, seriously? And God looks down on me and says, yep. I could have ran. I could have become worse. I could have gone ugly. I could have gone darker. There's a lot of places I could have went. And I imagine Legion was in that place again and again and again where he kept choosing darkness again and again and again and again over the fear and over the uncertainty of what his life might be if he choose, chooses something better. Right? And I, I, could have, I could have done that. I could have made those choices. But I poured out the alcohol. I stepped away from friendships. And I moved away from the things that had a hold of my life that gripped me in darkness.
And from that day forward, I chose God. And every day hadn't been perfect, right? I'm not going to stand up here and tell you I nailed every, every, every ball pitched and hit a home run every single time. No, there were, there were some days I struck out, right? But I, have an, I had an advocate. I had a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I had, I had a counselor. Amen. I had someone to go to who would strengthen me and empower me and teach me from those moments that I might grow and that I might be better. And the next time that ball came, I'd hit it. It wasn't always a home run. Sometimes it was a single. Sometimes a double, a triple. Occasionally a home run. Amen. But it had everything to do with me choosing him. Because he's already chose me. He has already chose you. And when you move everything else out of the way. And you become thankful for the power of God in your life. And the things that God is doing in your life. And the things that God has blessed you with in your life. And those things don't get set up above him. But instead calls you to fall on your face and praise him. Then friend you have. You have a heart of thanksgiving. You have now transcended into someone that says to Jesus, I'm going to leave all of this and go with you. Verse 20, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men marveled. All men marveled. Amen. Because they knew what Legion was. And they heard his testimony. Amen? His testimony. You're going to leave this life with your testimony. And nothing else. You're going to leave this life with what you did with Jesus and nothing else. There's not going to be any well buts, and there's not going to be any gray areas, and there's not going to be any soliloquies of, of, of speech and perfectly chosen words to defend yourself. You're going to leave this life with who you are and the choices you've made. And you're going to stand before God with that. Nothing else. No other resume, no other pedigree, no other, no other decision-making process. No, nothing, nothing, nothing. And I hope and I struggle and, and, I, and I work my way through it. I've apologized to my wife. I've apologized to my boys. I've blown it in times and I've blown it in situations. And I've been man enough to say so. Amen. But more than a man, I've, I've been Christian enough. To say so because I turn to God and I say, man, I, I, you got to help me with that. I got to get better. I got to be better than that. Amen. And that's what he's looking for us for. He's looking at us to come to him and say, I want to be better. I want to do more. I want to go deeper and I want to go further. Amen. And I can only do it by your power. Amen. When we're doing it by our power. When we're, when we're doing it by, by the things of this world and the things of this life that we have, amen, then we, we are not single anymore, amen. 
because we, we think we're operating equally with God. I'm a joint heir with God, but I don't operate equally with him. Amen. His power and his glory must fall upon me to be and do the things that he calls me to be and do. Amen. And so we're called to a, to a gripping place that says, make me your God. And I will do wonderful, powerful things in your life. Don't make me your God. And well, you choose, you choose the apple and you choose the chain. Amen. Paul, Paul put it this way. I was talking with someone this week and, and this came up and I thought, man, that fits, that fits in Sunday so well. Paul said it like this. He said, I've learned how. I've learned how to be abased and I've learned how to abound. Amen. What does it say? What does that mean? It means that there are times I'm, I'm going to have only enough. And there are times I'm going to have abundance. Amen. That doesn't necessarily mean money. It doesn't necessarily mean jobs. It doesn't necessarily mean reputation. It doesn't necessarily mean friends. But it could mean all of that. Right? But what Paul says is important. Not the abased and the abound part, but the fact that Paul says, I have learned how to be either. I have learned how to be both. I have learned how to be in between, right? What does that mean? It means I have learned how to accept whatever God gives me. That's what Paul's saying, amen? What did Paul also say? Paul also said, I am a bondservant to Christ. I am a bondservant to Christ, amen? What is Paul saying? You put those two things together, Paul is saying, I am chained to Jesus Christ. I'm not chained to this world. I'm not chained to, my car, chained to my car. I'm not chained to this. I'm not chained to that. I'm not chained to them. I'm not chained to those. I'm not chained here. I'm not chained there. I am chained to Jesus. And if he wants me to abound, praise God, my heart is full. If he wants me to be abased, praise God. My heart is full. Why is my heart full? Because I am chained to Jesus. You see, Paul lived and operated in a heart of thanksgiving. And, and when we read Paul's testimony, he didn't abound in fleshliness. He didn't abound in worldly stuff very much. Dude was whipped and beaten and chained and snake bitten and, and all kinds of things. Amen. Because he was chained to Christ. And yet he abound in the thankfulness and the power and the glory of his Savior. Because his eye was single. And he was focused on Jesus and only Jesus. And forever Jesus. Amen. And friend, that's, that's what he is calling us to. He's calling us to a life where we are focused on nothing else but him and willing to trust the details to him. Willing to trust the details to him. Willing to trust the stuff that we're not taking with us to him. Amen? And so it comes down to our heart. And I trust and I pray that my heart is full of thanksgiving.
I trust and I pray that like Legion, I see my darkness behind me and I want nothing more than to grab the feet of Jesus and hold on to him. Wherever he goes, wherever he leads, whatever he's doing. And if he tells me to stay planted and share my testimony, then to share my testimony to the top of my ability, not for my praise, not for my glory, but that he might be lifted up. Because if he's lifted up, what happens? He draws everyone, all man, he draws everyone to him. You know what happens when we don't lift him up? Not only does he not draw men, but we have no drawing power and no anointing to draw. Amen. Listen, if you're struggling, if you're struggling in your anointing, if you're, if you're dissipating your anointing because of worldliness, guess what? You're not breaking any yokes. Broken anointing isn't going to break someone else's anointing. Amen? Because you don't have the power to maintain your own. Let alone break someone else's. And we know scripture says that the only thing that breaks yokes is the anointing of God. Amen? So claim the power. But you don't claim the power of this stuff. You claim the power in Him. Amen? When our heart is truly turned, truly turned, and desirous of only Him, we step in to a heart and a mind and a life filled with His glory. And then all other things, all other things get added to us according to His purpose and His will. And that's great. That's okay. Amen? As long as you're trying to make it happen, amen, it's enmity. It's enmity. Let him do it. Let him do it. I mean, really. Let him do it. Because that's when it's filled with power. And that's when it's filled with glory. This morning, I hope you understand where I'm coming from. This, this probably was more of more of a punch than, than, than I intended for it to be. But what I want us to all get and understand is, is this isn't me up here stomping a foot and snorting. This is me acknowledging and realizing that, man, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for turning back to Jesus, my life was no greater than Legion when he roamed the tombs. My life had no more power than Legion when he roamed the chains and, and carried the chains. My life was full of burden and pain and anger and all of these things. As long as I let the world write the script. Amen. But when I turned back to Jesus and cried holy and continued crying holy, my life changed. My life changed. And so can yours. Let's sing.